to the tip of the iceberg. Your look into the inner workings of Canada's upcoming organization, Iceberg Esports. Welcome everybody, I'm Ben James and in this episode of Tip of the Iceberg, I sit down with our esteemed PUBG captains. Both are incredible players and leaders. Enjoy my interview with Proximus Blackfin and Gigum. Today I have Iceberg's PUBG team captain and co-captain, Proximus Blackfin and Gigum, also known as Josh and Josh. How are you guys doing today? Doing well, how about yourself? Doing well, doing well. Uh, let's kick this thing off by having you each tell us a bit about yourself and your history with gaming. Why don't we start with you, Prox? Sure. So, um, 28 years old, South Louisiana, married with kids. Um, actually a banker by day, gamer by night. So, uh, been gaming my whole life. Uh, first major title to compete in was Medal of Honor Allied Assault, MOHA, probably 15 years ago. I played with a clan called AAO. We did you know, online, I guess, esports before it was a thing. So. I'm excited to get back into the grind with uh, PUBG. And you're PUBG's captain, correct? That's right. All right, and what about you, Gig? I'm 22 years old. I live in uh, Dallas-Fort Worth area in Texas. I'm an industrial engineer. Um, my gaming experience is basically uh, started playing Call of Duty when I was, I guess, 13 years old or so. Played a little bit of game battles back then, but never really anything uh, with prize money. So this is... Uh, Pretty much now is my only competitive experience. So if this is your first competitive experience, then Iceberg is your first org? Yes, it is. Alright, so tell me about how you guys became a part of Iceberg. Yeah, so I mean, probably, I guess back in September, I was playing with another team, and uh, we weren't signed, and Jenny had actually reached out to me. We were doing really well in uh, PUBG Online, and it kind of tested the waters, you know, look, Iceberg wants to come to PUBG, I'm trying to find a team, and really just never got on the same page with it i think uh that team was was looking for something different right they wanted to they wanted to get the cloud nine the sk gaming the they felt something like that was coming um uh, kind of pie in the sky and i think because of those expectations that team more or less fell apart two of our guys actually ended up going to uh, miami flamingos they played in iem oakland um uh, i kind of went around and, and tried out a bunch of different teams for probably uh six to eight weeks and then he reached out to me again and just said, hey, look, I'm still interested in coming to PUBG. Let's let's have a conversation. And so we did that. That was in November. And uh, we just started to, we decided to uh, start something from the ground up. And so, you know, my goal was to create a PUBG team that was adult friendly. You know, so I have a full time job and a career. I have a family and I balance my hobby competing in PUBG with those real life uh, uh, commitments. And so we set out to, you know, start recruiting our, our roster. And over the last two months, we've recruited a, a good group of guys. I think the youngest person on the team is 22, Gig. And, um, and I think the oldest is 38. And, you know, we all have, have different skill sets, but it's been a lot of fun putting the team together. And uh, so now we're, we're getting the opportunity to actually compete and see what we're made of. So Iceberg just sent you to an event recently. Why don't you tell us a little bit about how everything went down? Well, we uh, we participated in a in a couple different events recently. Um, we participated in IEM qualifiers for uh, Katowice, 
Denny helped me out with that pronunci- pronunciation. I thought it was Catawist, but you know, I'm just a Southern uh, public school educated kid. So <laughs> uh, we, we participated in round one. We actually qualified. So we play round two this coming weekend. Uh, if we make it through round two, which the lobby looks favorable, we'll go to round three. If we're the top three teams, we get a all expense paid trip to Katowice to go compete for 50 grand uh, against the best teams in the world. So that's exciting. Um, Gig and I also played in a uh, duo tournament for Cyberbauer PC on Sunday and made it all the way to the finals and um, had a really good showing there. And so we've played in a lot of different tournaments, a lot of different leagues. We've had some success and uh, it's been fun getting the iceberg name out there. So as a team, what is the dynamic between you guys? I think my, my primary goal on the team is, is more administrative and coaching. You know, I try to mingle with a lot of the orgs. Jenny and I work hand in hand on that, um, working with the different leagues and looking for opportunities for the team to practice, whether it be you know, scrim servers or things like that. And then I do a lot of the coaching. You know, after we have a good game, we, I facilitate a lot of the conversation of what do we do great or what do we do poorly. And um, I was doing the, the IGL role as well for a while, and uh, we're now testing the waters with Gigum doing that. That's a really, really unique role. You have to have the ability to not only play the game, but also more or less macro-manage the game and what the other teams are doing and micromanage your team and what your team's doing and make really uh, you know, clear and concise calls on the fly. And so it's really challenging for me to do, and, and Gig's doing really well with it. And so that's kind of what he brings to the table is the ability to uh, to not only play well, but also to kind of manage what's going on um, you know, macro-wise in the game. We've got several other guys on the team, um, you know, Chaotic, Nicotine, uh, Fancy and Will Neller. And, uh, you know, all these guys are, are really nutty fraggers. They all have different experience levels. And, uh, you know, as, as Nicotine likes to say, you point, I shoot. So they, they're there to frag. They want to they kill people. They want to they win games. And so I think Gigam and I spend more of our time strategizing. Where do we drop? How do we drop? How do we rotate? We're kind of the, I guess, the, the brains behind the operation. And, and those guys are the, are the slayers. Let's delve into this a little bit more. Strategies on where to drop. What to do? What are the best weapons? Tell us, tell us what your thought process is on some of these things. I guess strategy-wise, of where to drop. That's that's a tough one. You know, some teams carve out a section of the map and they say, okay, that's that's where we're going. Like for example, uh, you know, TSM is known for going North George. Uh, they play late in the circle. Uh, there there are other teams that are known for dropping Milta every every single game. Uh, you know, the challenge in doing that is if you drop there, you've got to be super super confident in your team's ability to rotate and eliminate any targets that are around you. Uh, in a game with lag the way that we have in, with these servers um, you know, at the beginning of the game, and with RNG, of me drop on this roof, and wow, I have a 9mm pistol and the guy across the street has, a, has an assault rifle, that whole RNG aspect, the lag and the RNG together make it really, really difficult to do that. And so the easy answer is, where do you drop? You drop away from everybody else. Pay attention to the plane. If, Everybody's going to the north side, you go to the south side. If you see a city open, you go there. Um, sometimes you don't play the city. Sometimes you uh, you know, you know, play just kind of the outskirts. Um, I think you have to adapt the key. And uh, I don't think a set strategy really works in a game like this because every single game is different. Would you agree, Google? Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think there are some people who prefer to just have one set strategy so that they're always confident so that they can be confident in the way that they're playing and uh, be confident with their rotations and their pathing on every rotation. Uh, we're currently working on trying to find uh, somewhat of a go-to strategy or a home base strategy, but 
uh, we're also more so uh, running the strategy of drop away from people so that we can get geared up and get center circle sooner than others and then kill people there and get their loot. So typically with these competitions, how does the scoring work? Like, I know it's not just about getting the win. It's a lot about getting the win. I mean, I, you know, I'll tell you, like, you play a lot of pub games. This is the interesting, interesting thing about PUBG. So you know, at one time, Gigam and I both had grinded all the way to the top 10 on the leaderboards and, you know, 50% win rates and 400 average damage and all these great stats. And, and at the end of the day, when you play pub games, you know, half of the server's dead in the first circle because they're hot dropping. And then when you get to the final circle, you're fully kitted with two guns, level three helmet, like you've got everything, right? And there's 20 people left and you just kill them and then you win the game. And then you go into a comp match and you have a iron sight UMP with a level one helmet and there's like 65 people alive at the last circle. And so the dynamic is just so different between those, between those two. And so... What's challenging is the scoring systems that all the leagues use really, really favor high placement. And so if you're not placing top three, top five, top seven consistently in the individual games, you're probably not going to have enough points to to win, a, to win an actual uh, tournament or a league. Um, some leagues do reward you for killing and for fragging. But, you know, frankly, you would have to kill 15, 20 players as a team in a, in a given round to make up for not coming in first place. So placement is everything. And that's tough in a game that's RNG-based where you could have two buildings across the street from each other and the building across the street gets the circle and you don't and you're forced to move. So it's challenging. Within 2017, Battle Royale games have made quite a entrance. What are your thoughts on Battle Royale-type games in esports and in general? I think they're a lot of fun to play and, and Gigam may share some more light on this, but we were talking about the other day about how, you know, in conversations with the org, when you have it like say a CSGO team, for example, and say our team goes against, um, I don't know, I'll just make up something, the Raptors, right? So it's iceberg against the Raptors. We play a match. Somebody's going to win and somebody's going to lose, right? So you have a definite winner and a definite loser of that, of that match or of that, that series in, in PUBG, you have, 20 teams playing at a time and only one winner. You have one winner and you have 19 losers. And so PUBG is very much a game where it's, it's sort of similar to like NASCAR and golf is kind of the analogy we always use. It's, it's about consistent point placements. It's about consistently doing well. You know, Diggum was saying the other day, there's plenty of pro golfers out there who have never won a major but they're worth millions and millions and millions of dollars because they consistently place well. They do very well in all their tournaments. Um, and I think PUBG is a lot like that. And I think Battle Royale is a lot like that. And so I think that's going to take a while for both the orgs and just esports fans in general to kind of get used to that, you know, a top five finish and we're high fiving. Like that's a big deal in a game like this to finish top five in a round uh, because you, again, it's uh it's just a different dynamic compared to like CSGO or Call of Duty. What do you think, Gig? Yeah, and uh, about high-fiving for the, the fifth place, sometimes you ha you've like walked through hell to get there to that fifth place finish and you scrapped it up from being potentially a 15th place finish or something like that. So you're ecstatic to get there. As far as comparing it to CSGO, 
I think that some people look at esports as the the best team is always going to be dominating. Like in League of Legends, SKT one is pretty much wins everything. And uh, I mean, in Counter Strike, it kind of fluctuates, but there's usually a team that seasonally is just winning absolutely everything. And some people don't necessarily like to accept that in other esports or in Battle Royale. That's not always going to be the case. It's possible that the best teams are going to be get beat by worst teams uh, at times. But the thing about it is, is, is it is consistency over time, placing well. That's what makes a good team a good team in a battle royale game, which, like Prox said, it's like a golfer uh, not having a major title. In the game, is there a definitive skill gap, and what does it take to cross it? I thought about this question, and, you know, again, I think that your average player is a pub player, and I think you want to cross into the comp scene. I think that's kind of the line that people think about. How do I get into the comp scene? And it's barriers to entry are really, really high. It's, it's hard for somebody no experience and no contacts, you know, they go post a, hey, I'm looking for a team and all these different servers. It's really difficult to do because, again, in the, in the pub scene, you could have great, great stats, right? You win 50% of your games and you do 400 damage in every game and, and all these great stats. And then you go play pub and it's a totally different game. And so, you know, I think learning to, learning to play the comp side of PUBG is a, uh, is tough to do it's 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 hard to find the opportunity to do it to get a team to to allow you to play with them and actually learn how to how to be a uh you know uh, someone that actually can contribute to what the team's trying to accomplish in an individual game because again like i said earlier you're not going to go into a comp game at the end and have level three helmet two kitted out weapons with a 4x scope it's just not going to happen you're going to have like a 2x ump with a level one helmet and you know some nutty god pro player is going to double tap you in the head and you look out of a window and you're going to die that's just the skill level the gap is just so huge um in competitive play so you know how do you get there i mean i i think that most people do the leaderboard grind you know and they get really good stats and then they try to use those pub stats to get them a position on a team and then they start playing some comp matches and, and kind of build a brand for themselves but it's um Comp scene's interesting right now. You know, there's a there's a lot of teams in the game. Uh, there, there's a lot of guys who are jumping around from team to team. You know, building a team that can actually stick together and and stay together even when they're not doing well is uh is kind of unheard of. And I think the fact that we have a lot of older players on our squad has has helped us overcome that. We have the maturity level to just kind of you know put the bad game behind us and move on. And how do we get better? So I think maturity is going to be a big deal for this for this comp scene. So for people who are trying to build themselves up to get to the comp scene, what are some of the things in the game that they would have to pay more attention to or practice? We talk about the basics all the time, you know, driving vehicles. As as silly as it seems, driving vehicles is such a a fundamental skill that's required in comp play. You have to you have to know how to not flip a bike and die. You have to know how to not crash your UAS and blow up. You gotta know how to navigate through the terrain where you can get from point A to point B without getting blown up by exposing yourself to compounds. Um, you got to know how to manage your gas right on the big maps because you don't want to run out of gas in the middle of a rotation. That's a skill that I think is uh, really undervalued by a lot of folks. Um, another thing is just knowing how to peak and when to peak um, to put shots on people. You know, a lot of folks are just so hasty to want to take shots. 
you know they want to they want to beef up their damage stat so they see a guy 200 meters across the water or across the bridge and i'm going to take a sniper shot at him well now that you've done that every single team around you knows you're there and so having the uh the patience to wait for the right time to, to take the shots and and um i think that's huge and, and just overall game knowledge you know what weapons how much damage they do um spawn spawn rates uh you know where do vehicles spawn at um what's the best uh divot to hide in on the new map because there's not a lot of good buildings um i think that uh you know i've got about 1200 hours in the game i don't know what gigam's got but takes a lot of time playing this to kind of get to that level within your team where is there room for growth what are you guys working on to further further your competitive placement i would say that our team for iceberg you know we've got a lot of guys that don't have a ton of competitive experience in PUBG, and so experience is everything for us so we're looking for every opportunity to compete in scrims to play in every single league that's available um, and we're trying to do that with folks that are also having to balance real life commitments, right? Because that's what we built the team on was fundamentally we wanted a place for adults who have real life obligations to also be able to come to PUBG and legitimately compete with the best of the best. So I think that's uh, that's a challenge for us, but I think it's it's something that we can we can overcome. Uh, just last night we we were playing in some scrims and we had a couple bad games and we were talking about how. We need our players to be able to make their own decisions about the game, right? So as a squad, Giggum needs to be able to say, hey guys, going across this bridge and we're going to take that compound. That needs to be all that Giggum says because Giggum has to manage his own game as well, right? He doesn't need to worry about what Prox is doing or Vancy or Chaotic or Nicotine. So getting everybody to a level of experience where they can kind of make their own micro decisions and manage how they get to that building across the water or across the bridge or whatever, so that the IGL doesn't have to worry about it, it's going to be huge. But that's only going to come with more playtime and more experience. And so that's what we're doing right now is just we're playing as much as we can. I also wanted to add that we, we have an, a ton of room for growth. I mean, we haven't even figured out exactly what play style we want to play with yet as a team. Uh, we need to figure out what we're all confident doing. And so that's kind of uh, a struggle that I'm having right now as IGL is it's difficult to make a confident decision on my part uh, when we haven't necessarily settled into a style of play as a team yet. We're still testing because we're sort of new to the scene and we've been struggling to get into scrims to be able to test these new strategies. So uh, communication is like probably our biggest room for growth. And then as well as just uh, coming up with a solid strategy as a team and being confident with it. Well, we're coming into a fresh year here, just starting to dig into it. 2018, what do you guys want to see? But what does 2018 look like for you? I think lots of competitive play, really. Um, you know, we recently got invited to play in Esports Underground, ESU, in their invite league, which was, uh, which was really huge for us. You know, everything, every other league that we've played in, we've had to start at the very bottom at the Open Series and kind of prove ourselves. And ESU kind of went out on a limb and, and took a shot on us and, and brought us into their their invite league. And you know, to kind of put that in context, we're playing against guys from you know, teams like Totality, PlayStation Gaming, Evil Geniuses, Ronin, FlyQuest, Noble. I mean, these are really, really top tier orgs with you know teams that have been competing in PUBG for six months. And um, so our opportunity to go in there and show what we're worth against those guys is going to be really huge. Um, we're also in Awesome Open Series, playing in VVV Armageddon Series, waiting on PUBG Online to come back. You know, we did really well in round one of the uh, 
IEM Katowice uh, qualifiers last week. So we're going into to round two this weekend and hopefully we'll do well there. I think that's that's our goal is just to get a lot of play, a lot of competitive play. And we'd hopefully like to make a couple lands. We think that'd be a lot of fun if we could go and actually compete at a physical land. So we'll be looking for those opportunities. Thank you very much for your time and for doing this with me. I'm very excited to see what comes out of your team in the future. Thank you. Thanks, Ben. If you enjoyed our podcast, you can find more on your favorite podcast app or on icebergesports.ca. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and like this video if you enjoyed. Leave a comment or rating to let us know what you think. Thanks for tuning in. We will see you in the next episode.